Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chalk Talk. I'm Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly. Welcome to day one million of quarantine. We are all <laughs> still stuck in our homes doing absolutely nothing, but we're going to try and bring you an entertaining episode talking all about gymnastics. We all know the big news circulating right now, so we are, of course, going to talk about the official announcement that the Olympics are postponed. We've got a fun new assignment we are going to give all of our listeners. We'll talk about that. And we once again have a very, very special guest joining us toward the latter half of the episode. Kyla Ross will be joining us. We have talked about her so much this season, just like our guest last week, Maggie Nichols. Uh, so we are very excited to talk to Kyla all about her career, um, get her take on this Olympics news and see what's next for her. So it's going to be another great interview. You want to stay tuned for that. McKenna, how's uh lockdown life going for you? I'm I hate it. I freaking yeah. hate it. Yeah. Um <laughs> actually, so I right before like um kind of I, I mean I think kind of each like state and city has taken different precautions like kind of depending mm -hmm. on like how you know the outbreak is affecting them. Um so I'm up in Austin and they, there wasn't too much. I mean, they shut bars down, but there wasn't any curfew or anything. So, um, I decided I was going to drive to go stay with my sister, my older sister, Shayla and her husband. Um, and eventually all my sisters, like 95 of us, you guys know, I have four, there's four <laughs> girls in my family total. And so we all kind of made our way down here, um, to where my sister and her husband live. So we've all been hanging out together and that's been so nice because one, we, I don't think we've seen each other since my sister's wedding in January. Um, and then I can't tell you, I think the last time we were all like together for more than one day was like the last time we all lived together under the same roof. So it's, oh, wow. been, I know. So it's been really, really fun. Also, we've been super big nerds and we all went out and got Nintendo switches. So we've been playing all of that <laughs> together. I mean, like what else are you going to do? Um, so we're making the most of this for sure. That's awesome. I mean, you have to, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I've I've been joining the rest of the world and partaking in puzzles, which I'm yeah. really not entirely sure the last time I did a puzzle right. until now. And all of a sudden, it's as exciting as, you know, a football game. Yeah, you but, get up. That's uh, like what, that. what gets you going. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's very exciting. And uh, Scattergories has been my game of choice. Nice. I feel like that's a good one. But all the listeners out there, we uh, we feel your pain. And... We're hopeful that this podcast brings you a little bit of entertainment each week. We will at least try to do so. All right. Well, let's talk about the pretty much only news that there is to talk about, but <laughs> big news nonetheless, obviously, the official announcement that the Olympics will be postponed. We're going to dive into that. But before we do, I want to tell you guys about a very special company that we are so glad has been sponsoring our show, True Classic Tees. I mentioned them last week, and I really stand firm that this is a company everyone should be supporting because we are all wearing t-shirts, so you might as well get good quality, soft, versatile, affordable t-shirts and support this awesome company. 
Style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. Isn't that the freaking truth? (laughs) And True Classic Tees are the best for it. It's a company based out in LA, and it's a company that's on the rise, um, but certainly one that we should all be supporting during this time. The t-shirts are soft, they hold up in the wash, versatile. Whenever we get out of this prison, you can wear them out. We'll all be rocking our True Classic Tees. In the meantime, you can be wearing them in your house and not feeling like a complete slob. The best part is that they are very affordable. They're just 15 bucks, and now you can get them for even less thanks to our code. So all you have to do is go to trueclassictees.com and use the code BLEAV for 20% off. So that's BLEAV at trueclassictees.com to get your awesome t-shirt for just under $15. You you really can't beat that. So everyone go support them as best you can. Okay, so the Olympics, you know, that big thing, the Summer Olympics, we wait four freaking years for it. It is officially going to be postponed. We all suspected this. We talked about it last week. That's what's crazy is how quickly all of this changed. I feel like 48 hours after our podcast last week, it was all a a completely different story. Um, The committee had been giving quotes that cancellation was not even a a point of discussion Mm -hmm. for them, but they were kind of dodging the question of postponement. And now uh, it is officially happening. They are saying that it will be no later than summer 2021, but could be spring. Uh, It's really kind of up in the air as far as when it will be, but more expectation that it'll be a full year from now. So obviously disappointing, uh, but the right move for the athletes. I think that more than anything, keeping them in this limbo uh, in preparation for arguably the, the biggest thing that they would ever participate in wasn't fair. Yeah. And, and this was the right thing for them to just have peace of mind and clarity and kind of go back to the drawing board essentially and, and figure out their new training schedule and plan. And I mean, you know, better than I do everything that goes into that. And, and the time frame is so important to these athletes, but it, it's disappointing. And it's just the reality of the life that we're living in right now that the Tokyo Olympics, which we've all been, you know, talking about for four years now, we have to wait another year but yeah ultimately it's the right thing for them uh, if if you were in in the shoes of these gymnasts that have <laughs> set their eyes on this olympics is is this more a relief or a disappointment i think it depends on the athlete um i think i i've seen a bunch of different kind of um opinions on Twitter and different thought processes that I thought were really interesting just because it gives you kind of different perspective on, um, you know, certain things to think about and, and, you know, maybe different thoughts that these gymnasts are having. I mean, they're all in a different place, but I mean, you have some athletes like Lori Hernandez who probably just wanted to give it one more shot and now she has to wait a whole other year. Um, and then you have gymnasts like Morgan Hurd who are just coming back from an injury that this could potentially give her more time to get healthier and stronger. And maybe, you know, maybe she was pushing the injury right at that line and, you know, maybe still had to modify. So this, this could be good for Morgan or could be great for a gymnast like Riley McCusker, who just had that whole big gymnastic switch. This will give her our gym switch, excuse me. So she has so much to get used to, and this will give her more time right. to adjust. Um, but then you have to think about the girls who weren't even eligible, who weren't even considered for this Olympics just because of age. Well, if they are able to turn that big 16, that that green card go <laughs> number for Tokyo 2021, 
that could change our entire lineup. That could give us a whole new team. It's it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing to think about knowing you've kind of, I mean, I'd imagine the committee and Tom Forrester and those people who are making those decisions of who that team's going to be, it opens so many new doors that adds a lot of complexities and adds a lot of new levels of confusion in a sense. Um, but I do think it's, it is good because, you know, we've talked about this all the time, how stacked USA is. I don't really know if you could make a wrong decision on a team, um, but they all work so hard and, and, you know, it's, it's going to be disappointing regardless, just because, you know, someone, one of your favorites, it might not make the team. Um, but I, I think this can be good and bad. I think the bad is, um, you know, this, this is an unknown. We don't know when right. and when, what like time of the year next year. I mean, it could be next fall. It could be, um, and like, like you said, the spring or the summer, it could be so much time and that's definitely going to affect and, um, kind of maybe confuse the coach, their coaches on how to strategize and make the best build up to, to Tokyo. So that, that's going right. to be a bit confusing of how, how they're supposed to attack that and follow a schedule and a set plan, um, t- in terms of training for Tokyo. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think it'll be interesting to see how each of them kind of handles this moving forward. Uh Everyone is is still kind of in a holding pattern right Right. now. Like, yes, this this announcement was made, but that still means the Olympics, the biggest (laughs) stage in that sport and and the thing that you've kind of devoted your life to, it's still happening in a year. So you need to be doing whatever it takes, whatever you can to be preparing yourself for it. But how can they do that right now? So many, if not all, I mean, most gyms and facilities are completely closed down. And like, you really need an actual facility to be doing your training. Absolutely. The fact that these girls are stuck at home, this, this isn't, you know, they can be doing their normal conditioning and things like that at home, like the rest of the world. But as far as the equipment and and everything that they need to actually train their skills, they're all going to be limited. And I, I, it just blows my mind at, at when you think about the actual physical setbacks that yeah. they could be experiencing during this time. And yet they still have the Olympics on the horizon. I just right. think this adds a whole nother layer to the difficulty, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that this could benefit some people and it could also hinder some people. Sure. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for some of these girls that, you know, they're really at the end of their career and, mm-hmm. and the, the finish line was a few months away. They now have to come to terms with the fact that that finish line is now a year away. And yeah. can their bodies handle that? Right. And I, I took some screenshots of a few. Michaela Skinner was one that kind of came to my mind because think about it. This was someone who still had another year of eligibility in college on the table that she was thinking, okay, after the Olympics, I might go back to NCAA again. Well, Mm -hmm. now you push that plan another year. So she said on Twitter, my head is still spinning from the news that the Olympics will be postponed. I understand the decision seeing as many athletes are not able to train right now and the health of so many is at risk. I am still training for the Olympics, but taking things one day at a time. This is somebody who not just her training was was 
mapped out with this timeline, but her life was too. She, she got married and she, you know, is getting into her twenties. Simone's the same way, but Simone is superhuman. Simone's going to be doing this, these skills when she's like 55. So I'm not worried about her, but some of these girls that are kind of getting to that point where it's like, okay, can my body keep doing this? Am I physically able to perform at the level that I need on the Olympic stage? And I I think that that's going to be a really tough decision for some of these. And I would put Laurie in that, in that group too. Mm-hmm. And a year is so much time, an unknown year. It might not even, it could be more than a year. We, we don't know. Like you were saying, if we can't, if these girls can't get back in the gym and get on the, on the equipment itself, like this isn't like football where, or soccer, you can, oh, well my field's closed, but I can just go outside and like kick the ball around and still practice. Like gymnastics, you need your equipment. You need that environment. Right. And I always say this, and if you're a gymnast and you're listening, I feel like you would understand especially on bars, that is not something that you can just go on the elliptical for and keep up your bar endurance. Bar endurance is built by doing bars. And that's the only way you can put a hard routine together. And that makes me think of gymnasts like Sunisa Lee, who has a stacked bar routine, who has those constant connections. And it takes time. It takes so much time to build up those routines and put in new skills and new connections. And um, so that's going to, that's going to definitely affect them. So as a former gymnast, uh, even when, you know, you go on breaks, yeah. like I, I remember even in college, like talking to coaches after, you know, giving the team a couple weeks or whatever, and, and being like, they have to independently be training yeah. just because they're yeah. not here. They're not working with us. Gymnastics is not something that you can take time off. Right. So talk to me a little bit about the implication of taking time off yeah. in terms of, of your skills and physicality. How much does it affect you? It's funny because in in club, before you get to college, you've never had a summer. Like you don't get those summer off. Like summertime in club gymnastics before you get into college, that's the downtime to get those new skills, to try to get like upgrade your skills to the next level and, and um, or, or, you know, put that new skill in your bar routine or beam routine or you want to get better. That's what summer's for is making, making upgrades and new skills. Um, in summer in college, like I remember being a freshman going in and in the summer, like because of NCAA rules, coaches are not allowed to coach you. They're not allowed to tell you what to do. So for some gymnasts, that's okay. Like some gymnasts know their bodies. They know what to do. They know how to train. But for some gymnasts, I was one of those. I'm someone who needs a plan. I'm someone who needs to be told what to do. I'm a great listener, but I'm not good at coming up with my own system. So yeah, it's, it's confusing going in and trying to figure out, okay, well, how much should I do today? Or did I not do enough? And, and I feel like being a gymnast, you're always kind of one extreme or the other. Like I would either do way too much or I would do absolutely nothing. So it was mm-hmm. kind of a hard balance. So for these gymnasts, it's, it's going to be tricky for them to, to kind of go in knowing, okay, well, I've had this much time off. Like how much should I be doing? It's going to be interesting of how much they are able to break down and go back to the basics and um, how much time they should spend there. Because I, the thing with routines and especially in the elite level, those routines are so difficult and their season is so short because their gymnastics is so difficult. It's not like it's the same routine they're doing every season. Like in elite, you score big by upgrading your routine, right? By being clean in college, like you have a max at your score in elite. You can win by having more difficulty, i.e. Simone. That's why she's able to do what she does coming out with wins. Cause she's able to boost her routines to such high difficulty, which gives her those big scores. So it's kind of, I mean, this whole thing is a big unknown, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how these gymnasts are able to go from resting to basics, to building their routines and, and how that structure is going to come about for them. 
Okay, so if there are any younger gymnasts listening, obviously the ones in the elite world training for the Olympics, they have, you know, the people around them that I'm sure they are in regular communication with, and they they have somewhat of a, a regimen uh, to be following right now. But if there are younger gymnasts that have, you know, college aspirations yeah. and things like that, and, and they don't want to get behind, what are some at-home workouts or things that maybe you would suggest doing to kind yeah. of keep them in a shape that it will make it easier sure. for them to jump back. Sure. Um, I've, I've seen so many creative um, things on Instagram, like people taking like, you know, household objects and using those as weights. Like I've seen people like curling um, laundry detergent. I've seen people like do ab rollouts with peanut butter jars and it like shifts through their wrists. Like people are getting creative and I love that. Um, I think for you gymnasts at home, I, I've told my own gymnast this, visualize, definitely think about, you know, all the new skills that you want to get and start visualizing yourself doing that because the, the minute those doors open to the gym again and you're allowed to be back in, physically your body's going to try to get back and, and adapt, but your body knows what the skills are doing. It's your brain that's yeah. the hardest thing to get back. So if you're at home and you're visualizing and you're keeping your mentality, you're keeping your mental game in gymnastics, it's going to be a much easier transition when those doors open and it's train time again. Um, Another thing I, I told my gymnast, make sure you're stretching. If you have, if, if you're one that had an injury, um, use this time to really heal and get strong and get back and make sure you're doing your rehab, make sure you're icing as much as you can and um, doing what the doctor wants you to do. Also stretch, definitely, definitely stretch. If you're like me, who is extremely unflexible, use this time wisely. Um, I, I did an I have a friend. He his name's Corey Tomlinson. He was the UCLA hype man. He was one. Of, he was their manager at one point. Um, he and Jordan are really good friends. He's now the Arkansas hype man. Um, super involved in the gymnastics world. Such a good person. Just always trying to make the gymnastics community a better place and and just pull people together. And um, he created something called Online Gym School, and it's six weeks of um, a stacked roster full of so many cool people that get on and like host gymnastics webinars. Um, I did it. I'm doing another one today. Um, Sam Peshek's on there. We have Miss Val is on there. Caitlin Ohashi, Felicia Hino, Kyla Rice. There, I mean, there are so many people that are coming on and sharing their experience and sharing ideas and just kind of giving all these little gymnasts hope. And it's it's a really really cool. Um, thing. So if you guys are interested in that, go check out um, my Instagram. It's in my bio. It's called, if you, if you click on the link, it's, it'll say online gym school and you can sign up. And um, I believe 50% of the registration fee goes back to your club gym, which is so, oh, so, wow. so cool. Especially in a time like this where a lot of gyms don't know if their doors are going to open again. Could you imagine? Yeah. You're, you're an yeah. athlete and, and you've been there your entire life. Like imagine you're a senior and, or a junior and you still mm. have a whole nother year at your club gym, but your club gym goes out of business. It's like you have to go to a new gym your last year before you go off to college. It's just, there's a lot of things that are going on right now. But um, girls, my my advice is just be get creative. Get creative and, and ask yourself, what can yeah. I be doing here that's going to make me a better teammate and a better gymnast when I get back in the gym? That is awesome. I, I love what you said about the visualization and, and the mental reps that you can mm-hmm. be doing because I do hear that all the time that yes, you have to be in tip top, physical shape, but after doing it for so long, there yeah. is muscle memory. Absolutely. Your body is going to jump back in, but your brain has to be on the same level. Absolutely. I think that is 
Excellent advice. Um, well, someone that is also going to be very interestingly affected by this news is Trinity Thomas, who yeah. was already going to have to make a decision in regards to balancing her college and elite career um, and and now could potentially have to do it mid-season. So I want to get your perspective on that. But before I do, want to tell you guys about betonline.com. Obviously, we are all quite bored. We are looking for entertainment. We are looking for games. And betonline.com is here to save the day. While you're waiting out this time at home, you can still be having some fun doing some betting on betonline.com with no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but... Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. This is a great time to t- try your luck in those games and maybe get really good at it. And then when we get out of here, you can actually go to Vegas and do the real thing. <laughs> Sports aren't totally done. And there's a bunch of different things that are actually being used to bet on right now. People are getting very creative. We've got mixed martial arts, American Idol, the spelling bee, the elections. People are betting on all kinds of stuff. There's even a $750,000 poker series happening right now. There's plenty of fun to be had. So go to bet on online.ag and use the promo code mypod100 to receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code mypod100. Okay, so Trinity Thomas, obviously gymnast at Florida, who has not retired from elite. She has been very vocal about wanting to pursue the 2020 Olympics. She was hoping to qualify for trials and uh, make a run at Tokyo. And if, however that ended, she would then retire. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't, she was hoping to not take time away from college. I, I don't know how in the world no. this girl was going to do it, but if no anyone point. could, it's her. She yeah, blew the NCAA world out of the water. She adjusted so well and her skills looked top notch. Yeah. So now she's in this weird situation because if the Olympics happen during spring next year or um, early in the year, it could be during NCAA season. So she could be in a position where she has to choose one or the other, which is basically what she's been trying to avoid by, by chasing both. And she was hoping that the timeline was going to line up to where she could manage both. And she was on track to do so until this happened. Uh, If you were in her shoes, McKenna, and it does get to a point where she has to choose pursue the Olympic route or stay in college. And I think this is an interesting thing because sometimes girls have to choose this before they go right, to college. Right, right. But Trinity has had a taste of exactly. this. She's had a taste of NCAA. She's had a taste of the success. I mean, Florida really was about to accomplish a lot and, oh, and they yeah. have the pieces to do it again next year. So you've tasted that. You've had that experience. You know the risk associated with getting out of that but the Olympics are your lifelong dream. What do you do? Yeah, and and I was actually going to touch on that. I, I think she kind of has the best of both worlds in the fact that she's already gotten to college. Not only has she be able to compete, but she's been unbelievably successful. She's had multiple tens. She's had multiple accolades to her name. I mean, yeah, does she want that team title? Absolutely. Obviously, her first two experiences – in the team world of things did not go as planned. I mean, their first year with her, they didn't make it. And then this year abruptly being cut off. I mean, that yeah. that's, that's unfortunate for sure, but that's out of her control. And I, I mean, kind of my thought process is the Olympics is a very much once in a lifetime thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, if I were her, I think I would just go for it. I, I think it's always, I feel like you're always going to regret it if you don't try. Um, yeah. and I, that would suck for her to look back and be like, man, like, what if I had just given it a shot? Like, who knows what would have happened versus like, you know what? I did give it a shot. It went this way or it went this way. And, and I feel good knowing that I did give it my all. And, um, she is definitely the, the gymnast that would be able to balance this combination of college and elite. She's just so sound in her gymnastics. She, it, it seems yeah. like she knows her gymnastics and knows what her body can handle. And, um, and I think a gymnast, any elite gymnast going from elite to college coming in healthy, I might add, um, that I think definitely helps because at that point you have so many skills, you have so many connections that you can be like, okay, well, I really like this connection or I'm better at this one than I am this one. And so she has so right. much to play around with. Um, but if I were her, I think I would just go for it knowing that, um, you're giving it your all and college can be there for her again, if she wants to kind of like Michaela. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, she could essentially put it on pause. Yeah. Florida put out an article about it. If anyone's interested, it's on their um, gymnastics page of their athletic website. And um, somebody did an interview with Trinity, and she was talking about it and basically saying, obviously, I'm not going to make a decision until I have to. Right. Um, Even the hypothetical that I am going to have to choose is very difficult. And either way, whichever one that I walk away from is going to be hard on me. So, um, you know, that just adds a whole nother level to what the heck is going on right now. But uh, certainly wish her the best, wish all of them the best as they're trying to deal with this time and handle the pressure of feeling like you're, you're getting behind because we're all sitting at home. Mm -hmm. There's just so much associated with this one. And I would argue that time away from training and from the sport in gymnastics might be the most impact of a sport as far as taking time for sure so overall I do think um that rest is gonna is gonna be helpful for them it's just a matter of like okay cool I'm rested but now I need to get back in the gym so it's just it's, it's a tug of war thing and it's it's a bunch of unknowns but um you know hopefully we'll be back and running soon Well, McKenna and I have come up with a new fun idea, considering we are all looking for things to fill our time. Uh, So we are going to start doing different college recaps each week. And so we are going to give everybody a bit of a homework assignment, which that doesn't mean negative because (laughs) we all get to watch gymnastics again and we all miss it. So that's fine. So we're going to pick a different team each week um, and a different meet to everybody go watch it during the week. We're always going to pick one that is accessible online somewhere. So we're going to give an assignment each week. Everybody watch it. Write down some notes if you want. Any questions that you have about a particular performance or a score or anything, send it to us on social media. Um, And McKenna and I are going to do the same thing. We're going to watch it each week, take different notes on each team, and then give a more detailed, elaborate recap on that particular team in that meet each week. We just thought this was a good way to kind of still be talking about college because it got taken taken away from us way too early. Um, And it'll give us the chance to kind of focus on specific athletes that maybe we haven't talked about yet or um, different situationals that happened in meets this past season. So we're very excited about this one. Yeah. I think it also, it'll be able to, in, in gym season, it's so overwhelming with how many meets go on at like one time or how many Mm -hmm. go on in the day or different days. Um, and obviously we all have, 
you know, our own schedules and things to be doing. So this will definitely give us the chance to, like Taylor said, be more specific about breaking things down and being able to focus on one thing at a time. Um, and plus there's so much gymnastics to cover. And so that'll give us plenty of content and, and you listeners, you guys will be able to follow along and um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you go and watch the meet and um, you want us to talk about something specific or a certain gymnast or her routine, or you have any questions, comments, or concerns, like follow along with us, watch the meet and, and DM us. We'd, we'd love to have questions and, and get things to be talked about for sure. Yes. We want this part to be very interactive. So we're of course going to start with the team that ended the season as number one in the country. No surprise here. We're going to start with Oklahoma. Obviously we have spoken about them this season, but more so just like, Oh, Oklahoma got another 198. Yeah, cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to watch uh, a meet in depth and break down specific performances and athletes that we maybe haven't talked about as specifically. So the first meet that we are going to do is Oklahoma versus Michigan. You can find this one on YouTube. Pretty much all college meets apparently are on YouTube. Who knew? <laughs> um, so if you go on YouTube and you search Oklahoma versus Michigan gymnastics, just make sure it's from this past season. I think it was March 3rd or something like that. It was and women, a recent obviously. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, everybody watch that one, and we are going to recap that for you next week. So that is your first homework assignment. And honestly, you should be grateful because you're tired of watching Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> okay, well, we are going to bring in our fabulous guest, Miss Kyla Ross. But I first want to tell you guys about a very popular job search tool that hopefully everyone has utilized at some time or another. LinkedIn. Honestly, I have used LinkedIn for so many different things and it is tried and true. This is just the best method to find great candidates or find a job for you. Uh, they're very thorough, very professional, and it's reputable. I know a lot of business owners that only trust LinkedIn. So this is a very, very great sponsor for us to have today. Uh, the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. And the only place to find the perfect hire is on LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills that you are looking for. So you can hire the right person fast. They look beyond the work skills and put your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. Someone is hired every eight seconds through LinkedIn. I mean, that is quite the pitch. Why companies rated LinkedIn jobs, the number one hiring platform is for delivering quality hires. So if you are out there, if you have a small business or you work for a company that is looking for new hires during this time, definitely want to try LinkedIn and you can find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs and you can pay what you want. And this code is going to give you the first $50 off. All you have to do is visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team. And they will give you $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, everybody, let's get down to it. We have our very special guest here to join us, talk all about her amazing career, someone that literally needs no introduction, an <laughs> Olympic world and NCAA champion. Everyone welcome Kyla Ross. Kyla, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. I, I mean, we have talked about you all season on this show. It's hard not to because every single week you come out and you dominate in NCAA competition. But man, there's so much that we could talk to you about over this the whole scope of your career. And, you know, obviously I think I should start out with the the most recent one. And that was the very uh, unique and abrupt end to your career, given this coronavirus and, and the global pandemic that shut down NCAA sports and therefore shut down your career. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about what this whole uh, process has been like and, and how you're kind of coping with the end of, of your gymnastics career in this way. Yeah, definitely a very unusual and strange way to end a career, but I know a lot of the seniors, not just in gymnastics, but in, a, in many sports are kind of feeling this same um, and put in the same situation mm -hmm. but um, probably that last week when we were just getting sort of new information each day it honestly felt like one of the longest weeks of my life just hearing about okay the se our senior meet um, is going to have no audience and then right. it, then that was canceled and then we heard that Pac-12 championships have been canceled but then they're like there's still hope like the postseason is still going to, to run like normal, just no audience. And then I think it was that Friday, um, the NCAA officially issued a statement saying that there would be no more season for the rest of winter and spring sports. So mm -hmm. it probably was one of the craziest weeks of my life, just hearing that different news and trying to, to cope and kind of understand where it's coming from. But um, I think just hearing not just news and sports, but in the whole world right now, I'm definitely trying to help and limit the spread. So um, just been ever since last week, just I moved back home and now I'm just trying to stay at home and um, trying to find new things to do around the house <laughs> to stay busy. That's such a, I can't, I, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry because you gave so much to this sport and obviously any, I mean, any senior wants to end their career and they look forward to that senior meet and they look forward to, you know, finishing strong, um, ending the chapter. So like on behalf of the gymnastics community, just thank you for your, all of your contributions to the sport, um, your poise, the way you carried yourself and the way you not only represented yourself and your team in our country, but you just, you just went about your business and you were just so charismatic and, um, just an incredible role model. So just know that, um, as I'm sure as much as you could have wanted to finish, um, and on a, in a better way, um, you have done so many things for the sport. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That means a lot. <laughs> You're so, so welcome. Um, I kind of want to start with some fun questions, just looking back on your career, obviously with London, um, starting there, what was your favorite moment or any funny memories from London? I think probably one of the funniest moments was when, so whenever we would go and eat, like in the Olympic Village, um, there's just like this big food hall and they have like different sections and all different kinds of cuisine uh, from all over the world. And I like every time me and the other four girls on the team, we would go to eat. It was kind of like our, our spot to like look for other athletes that we wanted to meet. So we would right. just like, we'd be going around and we were the tiny ones, obviously we just like trying to go, go around and look for famous people, like, well, like famous athletes. And uh, I think that we just had a lot of fun. We would just try to get pictures with as many people as we could in the, in the food hall. <laughs> I would take advantage I, of that time too. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was your favorite moment as a Bruin? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like looking back on college, like most of them, like the memories that stick out are like the fun and goofy ones. Oh, yeah. Um, like all of our like, teen challenges like stick out so much. And um, the one this year that was probably the best was when we, um, we all we had was trash bags and duct tape to put on like a runway show. We had to like present one model oh, on each gosh. team, and it was so funny. Oh, Nora was the model for no. my team. I was on the blue team, <laughs> and it was so funny. And then, yeah, all the team challenges are so we get so heated and. Um, like we want our team to win so badly, but it's always so funny. We're always like, they're team, team cheating. Like we always think think it's not even. And UCLA always has so many big personalities. So I can only imagine when you like pit all of them against each other. I'm sure that's incredibly entertaining. Uh, let's talk about (laughs) you have been a force to be reckoned with in the all around, but each individual event. We had Maggie Nichols on last week and we asked her the same thing. And I just, I think young gymnasts probably are just like so excited to hear uh, your perspective on things because you, you perform and you compete with such poise and composure. And obviously that's been years in the works, but how did you kind of approach each individual apparatus, maybe a little piece of advice that you could give young gymnasts for each event and which one was Mm -hmm. actually your favorite to compete? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like just going into everyday gymnastics, like most gymnasts have like a favorite event. Um, and I don't know, for me, it was mostly bars growing up, but it's kind of ironic because that honestly used to be one of my worst events starting out in elite, just because like the jump from JL to elite gymnastics, you have to learn so many skills and learn different connections on bars. So I don't know. I just think like working on, on what, whatever is your weakest link on each event is like super important. Um, for me on bars, like it was just getting like hands, like kip cast handstands is like key and that's the base of every skill. So just working on the little things like that. Um, and then, but my coach, uh, Howie was huge on working on vault drills. Like we would do tons of running, um, different cartwheel round off drills, um, before we would even start like flipping. And that was like really important for him. I think, yeah. And then I think just attacking the basics is what my club coaches really instilled in me um and then like going into beam I think is is all about mindset I think I honestly said like whenever I go to beam cruise with Sam Pezek I always talk about my fear I used to like that beam was like my worst event and um well not like worst event but it was like the one that I feared the most and that was because I had this constant mental battle with it um so I think I would always do a lot of um, routines on the floor just to kind of ease my mind and then establish like a mindset there and different strong cues on the floor and then try to translate that up on the beam. Yeah. And then on floor coming into coming into college floor was the event that I struggled with the most. And that was the one that I was the last to finally get a 10, 10 on. And for me, I struggled with endurance and I don't know, like, I always felt like I was really strong, but when it came to endurance, I struggled so much. And coming in my freshman year to college, I had to work on that the most because I knew that 
okay, if I want to be a strong all-arounder, like I have to, my, all four events have to just be as equal and as strong sure. for my team. So um, coming in freshman year, Jordan kicked my butt. <laughs> um, but like, I knew like every time she pushed me, it was because she, she could see that I really wanted it. And um, I wanted to be in the best physical shape. So I would honestly do extra conditioning, extra endurance um, throughout the week besides just doing the skills for my floor routine. And I think it was probably like the end of sophomore season that finally clicked and then going into my junior season, like I just felt way stronger and more uh, confident in my my ability and my endurance. That's awesome. You talked about the transition from JO to elite. Um, Earlier on the podcast, we had Michaela Skinner on and she talked about her experience with transitioning from elite to college and, and for her back to elite now. Um, crazy. She's a freaking tank. Um, but what was the (laughs) transition from elite to college? Like for you? Yeah, honestly, I feel like elite struggle a little bit coming, coming from, it's such, it's such a different world. And I think looking back now, like, I think that there needs to be like, I feel like a more even gap. Like I love, like, people love so many things about college and they love so many things about elite gymnastics. I wish that there was something that it could be more similar, but, um, on, on that transition, I think the biggest thing was just learning how to train in, in those like three and a half, four hours was, I think the biggest struggle, like Chris, um, who is now our head coach, she always talks about how that like elites have the hardest time just trying to get their assignments done. It's because we're used to having like those seven hour days and sure. just kind of going on our own speed because it's more individual. And then now it's like, okay, like you have to do an assignment with the teammate and you have to get it done in those 20 minutes. It's like I struggled so much with that um, my freshman year. And then, um, but I think probably midway through, um, through preseason, I was like, okay, I need to, I'm like, I'm going to give myself three turns. And I'm going to use those to my best ability. And so I think just like kind of giving yourself that number of how many turns you're going to take, I think is something that helped me kind of ease that transition. And then I think competing is just another huge part of that elite to college transition. Sure. It's like in elite, you're only used to competing maybe at max like five times in one year. Whereas now you're competing five times in five weeks. So it's like <laughs> yep. for, for, for like 13 weeks straight. So um, like looking back, like my body probably hurt the most my freshman year and it mm-hmm. like got better and better. And then by this season, I felt way stronger and way healthier. And so I think just kind of figuring out what works for you, like eating wise and and like extra cardio wise and sure. um, numbers in the gym, I think is also really important um, and is a huge part of like college gymnastics is kind of understanding how to uh, figure out what load is best for your body. Yeah. Well, let me also get your input on, you know, the transition from elite to college is, you know, usually different and it has its own challenges, but talk to me a little bit just about what you uh, making that decision first of all as an elite athlete that mm-hmm. you want to 
allow yourself the opportunity to go to college and and the sacrifices that come along with that you, you know having the opportunity uh as a, as a professional athlete and just that unique balance that that gymnasts pretty much the only athletes that have to kind of choose in that regard what was that decision like for you was that something you always knew that you wanted to to leave open an opportunity to pursue college and and now that it's all said and done uh what is kind of how do you look back on it? What kind of gratitude do you have that that is the route that you chose to pursue? Yeah, I mean, the the decision for like any um, elite or an Olympic gymnast and whether they want to keep their eligibility is probably one of the, the toughest decisions. And they have, like, we had to make it at such a young age. And I think that's yeah. the part in the sport that tears a lot of people and, um, and it's something that's really hard to cope with. So um, for me, luckily, I think I knew that I always wanted to do college gymnastics and okay. like no matter where my elite journey took me and my dad, um, he played two sports in college and he like he said it was the best experience of his life. And um, I yeah. have other family members that have also done college sports. So just like looking at that and, and hearing their side, um, I think I knew that I wanted to, even though I didn't know where I knew I wanted to, to keep my eligibility. And then um, leading up to the Olympics, I was, um, when I was being recruited by UCLA, Miss Val, she um, asked me to come up and, and talk to her. And she just told me about, um, she just wanted to get, tell me both sides of the story where like girls, she'd known girls that were committed to UCLA and that ended up going to the Olympics. And then in a split second, they decided to, to give up their eligibility, just um, not kind of realizing like the full, both sides of the story. And she just didn't want something yeah. like that to happen to me where it's like, okay, now I, I may be on the team and we won. And like, I didn't, she didn't want any of that to kind of be made in the moment. She She's like, it needs to be a decision you've really thought through. So yeah. um, just hearing her side too, I think helped in my decision. And, um, but now looking back, like being able to compete in college against um, against so many um, amazing athletes, I think it is such an amazing experience. And to be be in an, in that gym every day with twenty plus girls, um, not only just working on your gymnastics, but I think just growing as a person, I think uh, has really been key in my life, and um, definitely full of gratitude for. Uh, having that made that decision um, years ago to keep my eligibility. That's awesome. We talked earlier on the podcast about the announcement that the Olympics has officially been postponed. Uh, would love to get your input as someone who has been through the Olympic experience. That is something that uh, my peasant self will absolutely never even come close to. So <laughs> please give us a little insight into, you know, what this time Obviously, it's such a unique thing. Nothing like this has ever happened before. But putting yourself back into that position, and if you are told, you know, you have possibly another year before the Olympics are, are going to take place, what is that like? What what starts going through your mind? How do you adjust in a time like this? Yeah, I mean, first off, my heart goes out to all the the athletes that are um, trying for this twenty well the and now pushing it back to 2021. Um, yeah. I know this is definitely a big roadblock for them, but 
I mean, just like looking at social media and seeing how the athletes are responding, I think most of them are responding like any um, amazing athlete would. And I think they're really, they're willing and ready to put up to this cha- for this challenge and still pursue their Olympic dream. Um, but I know mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot of adjustment. I think when I look back on my Olympic experience, that year leading up to the Olympics was so crucial. And I feel like I had each day planned out um, with my coaches and we had like a specific timeline. Okay. We're going to ramp up here and recover here and get ready for this competition. Like everything was so planned out. And now that um, the Olympics is postponed, I think that training obviously has to be shifted. And I think it's going to be, a there's going to be, uh, there needs to be a lot of communication, I think with the athlete and their coaches about how to train again. But I mean, I haven't read up, but, I think there's no official date. So I think that's also really, really hard for an athlete. Like you, when you set out and you have a goal in mind, like there's usually a specific timeline. And now I know that, um, that leaves a little bit more uncertainty that there's not a specific date. Um, but then talking with like my college coaches, like next year, um, I'm still going to, be at UCLA. I haven't finished my degree, so I'm going to be an undergrad coach. But I didn't even realize how that affects college. We have have multiple girls that are supposed to be freshmen next year at UCLA that are trying to the Olympics. So I didn't even even think about that until yesterday. That also affects, like, people just did, like, I know there's a lot of girls that, whether it's gymnastics or any other sport, that we're planning to go to college right after. So that also has an effect um, on athletes like that. For sure. There's so many different levels to it. And we actually were talking about that earlier um, about how the whole training thing is going to go now, just considering there's so many unknowns and we don't know when um, Tokyo is coming around the corner and these girls have been preparing for this summer and it's a whole game changer. Um, But we're going to wrap this thing up asking you, what are your postgraduate plans? You just talked a little bit about being a student coach. Um, kind of talk us into what your decision, what kind of led you to go down this path? Yeah, so um, this, I always knew uh, that I wasn't going to finish my degree in time of, of walking in June. And so I, um, you, I like planned it out and I was like, okay, I have about three more classes I need to take. and then but I couldn't take them in the summer. Um, I needed like another, like I need to do it in the fall. And then just with how much I've loved of being in the leadership position this, um, this season, I think, and just really helping my teammates in, in the gym, outside of the gym and just kind of being there for them. I realized that um, if I'm going to stay on campus, that maybe coaching would be, a fun thing for me to, to spend my time with and kind of transition uh, out of the sport. And so I talked with Chris and the coaches and they were super happy and, and willing to help me fulfill that dream. So, um, so I'm actually going to stay two more quarters at UCLA to finish my degree so that I can um, help coach in the preseason and then through, through, uh, through the season. But it's kind of ironic, like now with how season ended right. for me this year, um, I feel like it's especially like really helpful for me to cope with <laughs> how my gymnastics career ended to to be still be present with the team next year, um, just in a different role. 
Well, we certainly expect to see you doing more big things in any kind of capacity. You have been a blast to watch and you have so much to be proud of when you look back at your career. So as hard as it's been, I'm sure for you to see it in this way, you you certainly have a lot to be proud of. So Kyla, thank you so much for joining us today. It, it was great hearing from you. Thank you guys so much. Nice talking to you guys. Okay, everybody, that does it for us this week on Chalk Talk. As always, McKenna and I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us every week. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, Our scheduling might be a a little up and down during this time. We're trying to keep it consistent. But if you subscribe, you'll make sure that you never miss an episode. Uh, We're going to continue getting great guests for you. Everyone, don't forget the homework assignment. We are talking Oklahoma next week in the Oklahoma versus Michigan meet. You can find it on YouTube, so everyone watch it, and we will be talking about that in depth next week. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside, stay sane as we all try and get through this. McKenna and I will be back next week. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.